Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I am, as always, so excited to have you join me for yet another live pot air radio show podcast. And I'm just so excited to share my guest with you. Uh, she's been on the show before and I love her so much and everything she has to share that um, I can't wait to get into it, but wanted to remind you that, um, you know, when I created this show, it was because I wanted to teach you guys something. I wanted you to take something away from the show So with that, my guests and I every week try to educate, empower, and inspire you so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. And before I start, I do want to share something with you that has really changed my life. Um, When I turned 60 in December, I decided that I wanted to go more plant-based eating foods. Uh, Normally, I ate a lot of animal-based foods. And so I tried a company that prepares plant-based meals and they are delivered to your home. The name of the company is Sakara, and it has made a big difference in the way I feel in my body, my energy levels. And I just like the fact that I'm eating more plants and less animals. You know, it's just, we got to keep more of those animals around. And so I feel better about myself doing that. And I feel better in my body. They also have other products like their super metabolism powder, which helps to rev up your metabolism. Um, but the the meal deliveries have been incredible for me. And I wanted to share it with you so you can feel the same way. I have a code where you can save 20% on your first order from Sakara. So it's sakara.com, S-A-K-A-R-A.com. Use my code XOJody to save 20%. Again, it's sakara.com and it's XOJody to save 20%. So thank you. And let me know if you try it out. So here we go. Nikki Boyer, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I'm so, so thrilled to be here. You know how much I love you. You know how much I love this show. I have my fearlessly authentic mug right here. I'm going to send you one of these, my water bottle. All right. It's super heavy though. So I dropped it on my foot and I almost broke my toe. Um, So, but I'm going to send this to you because I I think you need it. it? Yes, you can. It's really, really heavy. (laughs) Um, But I am so happy to have you here because I feel like we have such a love fest. And before we start drooling over one another, um, I want to tell everybody all about you and all your glory and all your wonderfulness. Um, Thank you. So the way I met Nikki was because I was listening to a podcast that she produced, which is has in May won an Ambie Award for podcast of the year. The name of the podcast is Dying for Sex. Congratulations. You so deserve it. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I I was blown away when we won and so grateful that I won. And I kept my Ambie, which is it's the first inaugural year. I haven't gotten it yet, but I was hoping to have it here today to show it. There's a big gold little statue and 
a big gold little statue. I just called like, hello, how contradictory is that? It's a big gold little statue, um, but I'm excited to have it. And, and it means, you know, it's not about just winning. It's about how this show has a ripple effect and how it's still like tapping into people's heart space. And I'm just so incredibly grateful. So wonderful. So thank well, you. It was so, um, I've been listening to it all day today, yesterday, and you know, I listened to it about a year ago. You were on the show last August and it just, I know where has the time gone? And, (laughs) you know, it's, it's just, um, it hit me so hard and that's how this meeting is being recorded. That's how Nikki and I met was because it just not, it didn't resonate with me because I I haven't had cancer, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But the friendship that you and Molly had mm. and the tears and the laughter. And I did, I cried. I laughed. My, I mean, it really had an effect on my life and I wanted to share it with everybody, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. And then, so let's talk about the podcast. Let's start okay. from the beginning. Um, let me also mention that not only did Nikki executive produced this podcast. She is also the co-host of another podcast called Hello Ross. And she is also an actress, a singer. I need to have mm-hmm. you sing sometime. Oh, I um, love that. <laughs> and um, I, are you a dancer also? Oh, girl, back in the day <laughs> when I was like young and flexible and had energy, I love dancing, but yeah, I feel, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you've done everything and you're a, a dog lover as well. Oh, so yeah, yeah we, we have that in common as well. Yeah, so let's, let's start from when you and Molly decided to create this podcast. Why? So taking it back to years ago, it's funny, I'm horrible with years. And it's even though it's my life, I can't ever remember years. So I always say a few years ago, a few years ago, Molly and I were in the car and she at this point was diagnosed, diagnosed with stage four uh, breast cancer. And, you know, the, it, you don't like to say that it's terminal, right? Metastatic breast cancer, right. but there's no cure. So women can live with it for many years. Um, but Molly, this was her second round of cancer. So she knew it was going to be hard on her body. Um, so when she got diagnosed, she decided to do something very bold, which was leave her marriage of 14 years, move out, and sort of begin a sexual adventure and a journey to find sex, find friendship, find maybe love. And um, when she told me she was starting to do this, uh, you know, it was all very sexual. She was like going out, and, you know, being super edgy with guys, doing fun things. And personally, I was worried about her. I was, I'm glad you a were. A lot of her. people were. I was very worried when I started hearing her. I'm like, Molly, what are you doing? I know. Well, she was like, well, what's the worst thing's going to happen? Am I going to get killed? I'm like, right, like that was her die? mentality, right? right? right. And I, I get that. You know, if you have stage four cancer, I understand. I guess I understand that. But, you know, Jody, I, I hear you because I felt that too. Like the mother hen in me was like, hold on a second. What are we doing? But I think she was really intuitive and smart. Um, I think she knew when to when she was picking up on weird vibes and, and would, would always let me know where she was going and what time she would be back. So th- there was some accountability, but she started going on the sexual escapade and to help herself feel alive and to sort of, um, in a way, battle the cancer because she thought sex and death were very linked. So that's how it started. We recorded a bunch of episodes and then we teamed up with Wondery, which is our, our podcast company, 
And, um, and then Molly ended up in the hospital. And when Molly ended up in the hospital, he continued to record. So it's not just about dying for sex. It's about sort of um, finding purpose. What do you want to leave behind? How do you come to terms with only having a certain amount of time left? And, and that's, um, that's what the podcast is about. So if, if you haven't listened, I would love for you to, I think you'll get more than, than sex for sure. It, it definitely yeah. is, you know, definitely the title grabbed my attention. I said, what is this about? And when I started listening, it, it just, it just hit me as something very, very, um, complex, but something yes. that every woman and man should hear because one of the things, and we won't get into it too much, but one of the things was that Molly's marriage was never great um, mm-hmm. sexually. So I feel like, and then we can talk about the book for a second, that uh, you know she needed this. She, As you said, she needed to feel alive. And so yeah. many other women that I've spoken to about sharing this podcast, they said, oh, I'd rather go shopping or I'd rather go on vacation or I'd rather do this. And I thought, okay, well, that's that's you. But I understood how sex does make you feel alive um, because sex, if you have a lot of great sex, it actually helps to turn back the clock five years. Oh, wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. How, wait, yeah. how and why? That's fascinating. Well, because it makes you feel alive. It's like exercise. It, you know, exercise can help you stay younger, feel younger, because you're um, every time you work out, you're releasing those feel-good endorphins. It's the same oh thing God. when you you're sweating and working out, and when you have an orgasm, you're releasing the same endorphins, those feel-good <laughs> endorphins. So yeah, I love knowing that. And you know, okay. people make the same noise when they work out when they have an orgasm. Did you know that? Think I'm about it. Pay, no, I like now. I'm thinking. I'm like. I'm gonna have to pay attention to this. <laughs> yes. So as a trainer, like I try not to focus too much on that. But it. But it is. You know, when I'm working out with my trainer, and I'm thinking, oh my god. But whatever. Anyway, That's hilarious. It's so. Um, so I, I love the fact that you said, okay, we're gonna document this, and then you took it all away until she was in the hospital, and then mm-hmm. from there, I remember. Then, then you didn't. That was it. And I was so sad. And I didn't know when I reached out to you, I didn't know if Molly was still alive. Right. That was really, that. I didn't know how to handle that. And I remember thinking to myself, what do I say? Like, how's Molly? Mm -hmm. Is she okay? And then eventually after we talked, I realized that Molly had passed. Yeah. So you'll go on that journey of kind of her coming to terms with her own mortality and what she gains and why I think what's interesting is why was it sex for her right. um and you're right for other people it'll be other things but I think you can pull something out of the story even though her vehicle may have been sex you can see how what you want to do with the time that you have left is such an important question because at the end of the day not to be morbid but Jody we're all we're all dying dying yes but let's get busy living during that time right and that so was her I think, attitude yeah it's all about the attitude and molly had that great attitude and she was just very honest and very real and i think anybody who gets an opportunity to listen will pull something away from this that will make through molly's death somehow make their lives better i do believe that it it did for me so good. Oh, I love it, that. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I'm like, what did finish. you, what do you carry? Like, how did, what do you carry from? Like, sometimes, you know, when you watch a TV show, you carry something with yeah. you. Like what, what stood out to you the most? Like, what did you take away? Compassion. 
Mm. The compassion you had, the compassion she had for herself. She knew, you use the word intuitive, she knew what her body needed. And she was happy to say goodbye to her marriage because it wasn't Mm. working for her. And she had to look out for herself. So I took away a lot of compassion. I love that. Yeah, that's and so then after we started talking last year, mm-hmm. her book was coming out. So yeah. if you can share with everybody the book too. And by the way, you basically you edited the book, you had the book published, but let's share the book and like what you went through during this whole process too. Yeah. So when Molly was in the hospital, she was in in there for quite a while, three to I think three and a half months, just sort of coming to terms with dying. And while she was in the hospital, she wanted to accomplish her lifelong dream of finishing the book that during her 45 years, she never got to finish. And so during those last months in the hospital, she was typing away in between treatments, in between pain meds, in between, you know, napping, she was typing, typing away on her computer. And, and it was her goal. And I do believe Jody is kind of what kept her alive. Because as soon as she right. finished the book, she kind of was able to let go. So for anybody who listens to the podcast, we refer to the book in the podcast. So I feel like the book is a deeper and yes. quite honestly, a darker dive into why the sex, because yes. in the podcast is very like the sex was such a light for her. And then in the book, she digs into why she chose sex and what happened in her past Um sort of led her down that road. And, and it's, it's intense and it's dark and it's messy, but it's also honest and beautiful. So the book is called screw cancer becoming whole. And, um, I just, I really, I don't know. I felt like it was my duty. She left the book to me and said, will you please publish it? I've never published a book. I don't even know how to publish a book. (laughs) I wrote the foreword. Um, Melissa Clark, who is a wonderful writer, she helped me edit it. I had people donating time and creating the cover. We put it up on on Amazon and it's been selling like crazy. And so if you're interested in the book, you can go to dyingforsexpodcast.com and it'll take you to the Amazon link. And then you can fill out the mailing list to to just kind of stay up on how this story is is growing because it is growing. Um, but the book's amazing. And I think if you're if you want to know more about Molly, really firsthand just her experience and you want a deeper, darker dive, get the book for sure. The book is really it, like you said, it's dark. Um, it was there was some what did really you think dark about, spots. Yeah, what did you think about it? I liked it because I got to know Molly better. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's what I liked about it. I was like, I really got to know her and you better because I felt like I I was on this journey with you guys. And yeah. that's what I'm hoping. And oh. I'm sure that's why the podcast has had so many listeners because every you made you made it so inviting um, mm. to, for listeners to feel like they were right there. And I was actually sharing it with somebody this morning. I sent it to her. Oh. I'm like, you have to, you have to listen to this, and then you have to read the book. Oh You're my like, gosh, I you love have this. to do these things. <laughs> like, I will promote the heck out of this because I am just so passionate about the message. And so, when you and Molly created this, what mm-hmm. was it that you thought 
why did you create it? Not just because you thought it was fun. Maybe that's where the first thought, Hey, Molly, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's write down, let's um, journal your adventures here on a podcast, but really afterwards or while you were doing it, what did you go through and what did you think? Was there ever a time where you thought, what, what am I doing? Like, what am, what are we doing here? (laughs) Are people going to listen? Is this too much an invasion on my friend's um, mm-hmm. life? Like what, what were you right. going through? No, as, these are such good questions. These are great questions because I think it started off as I just thought it was a great idea. I just thought that when she didn't look at it as an idea, it was just her life, but Molly was so eccentric. So me being sort of in the entertainment world, I'm always looking at things like, how do we turn this into something, right? Like how do we turn our lives into something that could tell a story, entertain entertain and tell a story. Right. Yeah. So I just knew there was something there. And immediately the title dying for sex came to me. Like it's just in the middle. I was like, it's called dying for sex. And she was like, and I was like, yes. So originally we were hoping it could be a television show or a movie. And then we realized the podcast world, which is booming at the time. and, And bold souls was a production company. We were kind of teamed up with, and they were like, let's just start recording. We don't know what this is, but let's just start. And yes, there were, There were some times where I thought, gosh, we're putting a lot of work into this, producing and writing and digging up stories. And we just didn't turn on the microphone and start talking. Like we really thought about what is, what are the stories that we want to share? So we were really mindful, but ironically enough, never once did I feel like, ooh, should I be sharing this? Because I thought to myself, this is Molly's story and I'm just helping give it a voice. And she will only share what she feels like sharing. And what she's open to sharing. And she was such an open book. And I found that to be so incredibly refreshing because she wasn't telling her story to add flair or make it be funny. She was just being truthful and honest. And I think that's why it resonated so much with people because she was the real deal. She was just so real. Yeah, she really, she really, really was. And she sounds like she was, you sounded like you were both different Mm-hmm. And I know you've always been like the girl next door and you do look like the girl next door for <laughs> sure. Like you're so adorable. And Molly seems like she was sort of um, um, like a boho, like, mm-hmm. like just, yeah, sure. Yep. What happens? Groovy. Yeah. Cool. Totally. Yeah. And very yeah, chill. So the two yeah. of you were like this, this great combination um, that created something really beautiful for people to take away. And what, what mm-hmm. is, the reaction been besides winning the Ambi? What, what before that, when you had just released it, what type of reaction were you getting? And were you surprised? And were you mourning Molly? Like what, what Mm. were you going through so much? I mean, you know, I was, I was mourning her, but at the same time I was getting to still, I felt like I was still working with her. So we were recording the the last episode while episode one through three was coming out. So we were okay. still like kind of getting ready for the, for the, I think when that final episode was released, I mourned in a whole different way because in a way that was very final for me. Um, yes, me I had lost that. her and we released the podcast almost a year after her passing, oh. but I was very caught up in her voice was in my ear. We were editing. I was doing narration. I was, she was very much with me, but when that last episode aired, I still get emotional about it. When that last episode aired, I felt like 
I, I lost her all over again. Mm-hmm. I had to experience that over again. Yeah. So that was hard. But the response has been unreal. And I thought it would be mainly women, right. maybe the cancer community, mainly yes. the cancer community, but it is men, women, you know, people who mothers, daughters, sons, people who have lost someone to cancer, people who have cancer, people who are had this one guy, I mentioned him in the book. He was, you know, a truck driver and just happened to find the podcast and had to pull over because he was sobbing so hard and wanted to call his mom because he hadn't talked to her in 10 years. And he's like, I called my mom that day. And when I think about that ripple effect of Molly's story impacting all these individuals, people from New Zealand, from Australia, from Ghana. I mean, people were like from all over the world saying this story changed my life and Molly's perspective has changed my life. And I'm I'm dealing with cancer right now. And she gave me the courage to say, what do I want my life to look like? So blown away, Jody. completely so blown away. by the So response. everything that you had wished for when you yeah. created this, the entertainment, but also the education, Maybe you didn't think that much about the education, like telling people like you could own, you could own your way with cancer. Like it doesn't have to be the way you think it should be. This is a woman who said, screw cancer. I'm going to have a lot of sex because that's what I need to feel alive. And, you know, I talk a lot about owning who you are, owning where you want to go, just own it. And she really owned it. She really, really did. And you allowed her to, Hmm. you gave her that space to really share her voice. You did. You really did. And you just, you, you kind of guided her and made sure she was okay. And I remember we were talking about one man that she had been with who called you afterwards and said he was so sad. This was a man she had sex with in the car. Remember? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And he, he was just devastated and I mm-hmm. couldn't believe how upset he was, but I think she was such a connected person. And even though she may have only had a one night stand or a couple of days with some of these guys, I think she was able to see people and make them feel so valuable. And so like, she just had a way about her. And you can tell when you listen to the podcast, she just really is present and tuned in. And I think brought something to these sexual escapades. that was more than sex. It was about connection and, and, there, it was about, you know, having fun, but it was about, there was something deeper going on. And that's what I love in her book. She reveals more of why she was craving that depth, even though while we were recording the podcast, I don't know if she was hundred percent aware of that, but okay. when she got in the hospital and started to really have to look at her life, she got really clear about the why of why the sex and what she was really looking for. And she was looking to fall in love again before she died. I know, I know. I like that breaks my heart because can you share a little bit about that in the book? Because that is that is um a game changer because throughout the podcast and even through the beginning of the book, you're not really sure. Does Molly want to fall in love again? Right. But like, I don't think she knew, right? Because she was like, let's just put the sex first and see what happens. But I think deep down there was a space in her that wanted to be loved deeply. But I think the sex had to come first. I don't think she could have just jumped out of her relationship and gone into looking for a deep romantic love. I think she needed to heal some wounds to get clear about some things in her life, to to maybe push the boundaries and deal with some old stuff that had happened to her through the sex. So, you know, some people are like, well, why does she do that? And did she put herself in situations that didn't feel good for her? Well, yeah, she did sometimes, but she always pulled something from it. 
always learned something about herself. So ultimately she was looking for love, a deep love. And I, if you listen to the podcast and read her book, you realize in, in a certain way, she did find that love and I don't want to give too much away, but no, she found I it. know, I know. And I think that we all do that. I know that, you know, we've all been in relationships and we all react differently um, not having cancer, but choose yeah. different ways to heal. So whether it's, you know, I'm not going to date anymore and I'm just mm-hmm. going to have fun with my friends. I'm going to throw myself into work or I'm going to date like a crazy person mm-hmm. and have tons of sex. Yeah. Everybody has to heal differently. And what I I want people to understand and what I think people take from the book is that there was no judgment as her best friend, you never judged her. Like you were like, just do it, Molly, if that's what's right, but just make sure you're, you did make sure that she was safe. I did. And I think we worry yeah. about, you know, our other friends as well when we see them maybe doing something that might be a little bit reckless. Right. <laughs> we just want to make sure, like, hey, pull it back a little bit, girlfriend. Right. Um, but we want them to still pursue what they want. Right. And that's what you were kind of giving her permission to do. Not that yeah. she was looking for, because she doesn't sound like the kind of girl that, ever needed permission. You're right about that. You're so right. She wasn't looking for permission. And there were a few times I got a little judgy where I was like, what, wait, why did you, ew. I know. Um, but she, <laughs> stood, she stood her ground, man. She was like, yeah, everybody's going through something. Everybody's working something out and people choose different fetishes and way of expressing themselves sexually. And she was so open. Even if she was turned off by what you wanted to do sexually, she'd still sit and talk to the guys and say, why? Like, what is this about? What is this for? She was one of the smartest people that I ever knew. So that's partly why I didn't doubt her because she knew herself so well. And she was so brilliantly smart. Um, right. Did you I ever miss her? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I know. No, don't be sorry. This is the way I get to, there's a picture of her right here and I've got her all over my my room, but I miss her. God, I miss her. But her voice is everywhere. So good, right? It's, her voice it's is everywhere. So good. Yeah. Um, we are, I, I would start to ask you another question, but we have one minute left before the break. So I'm okay. going to take a break right here and we will be back and we'll be talking more to Nikki about more about what she went through and what she's going through right now. And um, so we'll see you right after the break in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. 
The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hello and welcome back. I'm with Nikki Boyer. And we have been talking about her award-winning past Dying for Sex. And my really big question here, Nikki, is we talked earlier about processing the pain um, feeling the pain, processing the pain, finding that pain gives you power, lots of P's. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to know through this entire process, which has been a couple of years now, right? That yeah. you started the podcast a few years ago, like 2018, 2019. Yeah. Molly passed away in 28. 28- Oh my gosh. Can you believe my brain? I think my brain after COVID, I'm like, wait, what year are we in? Right. It's, <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Um, it was like she passed away year. in um, 2019 and then the podcast, no, she passed away in 2018. The podcast um, came out in 2019. Right. Okay. Right. Jody? No, that it looks like that. It looks. Jody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. You're th- I think you're right. I mean, 2020. Is this 2020? Like this right. is 2020. I, right? I keep thinking this is 2020. Yeah. I keep just... writing 2022 on all my checks, oh, and I'm no. like, I'm I'm like two yeah. years away. Let's I don't know. let's not let's not speed up the time here. Come on. <laughs> um, but it's it's been an emotional roller coaster, I'm sure, yes. for you. So yes. from taking care of the podcast from creating that, producing it, getting it out there. Take me through what that's been publishing the book. You said at the beginning of the show, you've never published a book. Um, Right. So let's, let's go through what you were going through during this entire process. That's a great question. It was um, okay. So I kept teetering between because I love to work, but sometimes sometimes work takes me away from processing what's going on because I'm avoiding. Because if I'm busy, then I don't have to feel anything. Same. So way. there was a real challenge with with this 
thing with Molly of, I got to make sure I'm feeling things. Cause if I'm just working, 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 then I'm never going to grieve. And so I was very mindful of dipping my toe in each pond where it was like, I've got to spend some time just really grieving her. And then I also want to work with her and, and, and get her story out there. So I had to be super aware of that, which was hard because there was always work to do with the podcast and the book. And it was things outside of my element. Like I'm not used to, like you said, I've never done a book before. So I learned so much. Um, and so I took the pain. I was present with it and I made sure to process it. And then I thought, okay, once I, pro I feel like I processed it, you know, where you can take that big, yeah. you know, when you cry, okay. You know, when you cry and then you think you're done and then the second like wave of it comes in and then you're like, oh, I'm not done yet. Um, I made sure I never robbed myself of that second round of cry. I'd always let myself get to that place of where you can go. Ah, okay. And then as soon as I'd feel that I'd hit the ground running and do something with the pain, which was giving it power. So it was a lot of peas for me, but I made sure I didn't rob myself of that like exhale moment. I so I tried that. to process I, my pain. Yeah. With, a, I, with, with purpose. That that's, and that's very powerful. So many um, peas. <laughs> all these peas, <laughs> but it is powerful because I don't think, I think we do hide behind the pain. We do put ourselves in our work or whatever it is to yeah. hide from feeling the pain because none of us really want to feel it. Oh, and that sucks. second wave of that upheaval of pain and that, oh no, I'm going to cry again mm -hmm. and again. And it's so exhausting. And mm. meantime, you're probably thinking, but I have so much work to do. <laughs> I know. And when you, when you mentioned that, that second part, Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. I just don't even want to go there. That's just going to go off to another, another. Oh, thing. really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Another, and we'll, I'll save it for another time. Okay. You, um, you, we get this whole other episode. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for another time. So you gave yourself permission to feel yeah. that pain. Yep. And that must've been hard dipping side to side. Like yeah. I want to feel the pain but I need to get this done. So yeah. how long did it take from, so you had Molly's transcript in hand. I did. Yes. And you thought, holy shit. Yes. What my do best this? friend has died. So like, I <laughs> yeah. feel a mess. We've gone through this entire process. Now I've got to get this book that she finished writing literally on her deathbed. Yes. I mean, I would have felt so overwhelmed. Plus, by the way, you do all this other stuff. So this was right. not the only thing you have going on in your life. Plus, plus I had to make a living. Like, let's be honest. Like, I right. had to like- That's what I mean. You were working. Right. You had to work. Like work, like yeah. life and stepchildren and fiance and all yes. of that. So um, so yeah, since the last time we talked, did I get Was I engaged the last time we talked? I think you were newly engaged. It was last was August. Engaged. When yeah, did you get August. engaged? Yeah, yeah. In May. I think in I May you know of me. 2020 during <laughs> quarantine, right? Yes. yes. Wait, what year is it right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. So it was really hard, but it was also such a gift because when I, I like stretching myself, I like new projects and how great that I could wake up and say, okay, I'm going to try to publish a book today. Oh my gosh. But while I was doing it, I was almost, ugh, it makes me emotional. <laughs> I was getting to work with her, taking her words and moving them around and taking photos of her and writing captions and communicating with her mom and her dad to get photos for the book. And like, so she was so alive in that process for me. And it was, it felt so good to be 
keeping the commitment that I gave to her that I would publish the book. So yes, there was a lot of stress involved and worry and concern, but there was also a tremendous amount of like just gratitude that I got to be the one to do this. So I felt very balanced in all of it, but I had to, I had to cut myself a little slack at times when things weren't going great. I had to, you know, kind of say, you know, I hope this is what she wants. I think this is what she wants on the cover. I hope this is how she wanted That's it. That's right? how I would feel. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Like, did you show it to her parents and say, Hey, do you think this is okay? I mean, how many people did you feel you had to show? I'm sure you showed it to your fiance. He was there the entire time while you're doing yeah. this. And like, is this okay? Do you think yeah. she wants this picture? I mean, who was the final person who said, or who, whose approval did you, were you really seeking? Or did you feel it in your gut that you knew what was right? At risk of sounding like a total goofball. Like mm-hmm. I think Molly was guiding me. I felt it like in my gut, mm-hmm. but I knew my gut was her. Okay. So I would say, just show me, show me the way, show me which one you want. And, and there were certain things that like, she, she wanted, um, she, there were certain things that she wanted in the moment that afterwards I kind of felt weren't matching up with what she would have wanted. And I let that come through me. So I let her kind of guide me and I did, you know, in terms of coloring and font and all that, I asked people's opinions, but when it came down to like the real stuff, the photo, she knew what photo she wanted on the cover. So if you see Molly's book, Screw Cancer Becoming Whole, that photo she sent to me and she said, please make this the cover of my book. So there was that no brainer. I and people told me, I don't know about this photo. And I was like, well, you don't need to know about it because Molly picked it out. So you don't, you don't get to weigh in because this is what we're doing. I was um, really surprised. I thought it was going to yeah. be a picture of the two of you. Yeah, um, it was just this joyful photo of her as a child. And yeah, it was like an abandoned fun and love. And yeah, I, I got the feeling All that's of what she wanted to feel. Yes. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. You so get it. I love that you get it. And I yeah. think that when you finish the podcast, you have questions and Molly, I think answered a lot of those questions in her book. So she was very very crafty and very smart about how she decided to share herself. And a lot of people told me, um, you know, the book's not long enough. You have to add things to it. Publishers were like, and I was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. And I'm going to self-publish it. And I'm not doing, I am doing exactly what she said. And I kind of ignored the majority of the advice. There was a gentleman that helped me publish it that really walked me through all of the steps, you know, to how to publish a book. And he was, so valuable to me. And he was kind of my touchstone. And in a, he had never met Molly, but in a weird way, I felt like Molly was guiding the two of us into how to publishing her book. Oh my God, do I sound like a crazy person saying no, all this? No, I feel like we, she was an we angel. Like, we like the woo-woo stuff. Okay, I love Like woo-woo, woo-woo right. is good. Okay, it's, good. It guides us. It's okay. I'm I'm all about the universe <laughs> the guiding us. And yeah. I, I, you know, hey, universe, help me here because I yeah. always need a lot of help in guidance. So <laughs> right? I, I'm, all, I'm all about it. Um, so now- what's going on with you, Nikki? What's, how has your life changed? What's going on? Is there anything more coming from the book, from the podcast? Right. What's going on? Well, I love you for even being interested about little old me. Um, <laughs> but I am. I'm a huge continue. fan. Huge, right? huge. Yes. I, I love you. I love that you're coming out to California to visit you. I'm coming out to visit you. Come. Oh my gosh, please, please come. Um, I, I, you know, after being locked up for so many months, like let's go do something. Let's go, you know, we could go to the beach where I cast Molly, like um, 
spread Molly's ashes because it's one of my favorite beaches in Los Angeles. Um, but I've been great. I got engaged, obviously. So spent the entire COVID year with my fiance. And oddly enough, we really still like each other, right? Nice. And still want to get married and got along, even Yay. though 24-7, we were working together. Um, I uh, I think the most rewarding thing that has happened is every day I wake up and I have a new message on Instagram from a stranger at some point in their lives that is so touched and moved by Molly's story that they find me on Instagram and then they reach out and they want to tell me how it's impacted them, how it's inspired them, how it's changed their perspective. And that every day when I wake up and I get one of those, it's like, I get a little piece of her. I get a little piece of Molly. And so I'm so grateful for that. And life is really good. Hopefully dying for sex will keep growing Mm -hmm. and turning into something else that's in the works. I can't really say much about it, but if you go to dyingforsexpodcast.com and you sign up on the mailing list, you Mm -hmm. will be the first to know when that happens. Will you just Um, text me? So do I have to sign up? I'll sign up, but no, I'm going to text you. You don't have to (laughs) sign up. Um, but I'm very excited about that. So a very big, bright future for Molly's story. And um, in terms of me, let's, I'm just let's... trying to keep balanced, right? I'm trying to like not work too much because I'm a little bit of a workaholic. Um, trying to make time for friends and family because I have I always go back to what do you want to do with the time that you have left? Mm-hmm. And when I'm hopefully 90, 95, and I'm looking back at my life, I'm not going to look at how many days I work and how many dollars I made and how many invoices I sent, but I am going to look look at the people I love and the stories that I got to tell. So what's so beautiful about dying for sex is it allows me to allow Molly to live on, but I'm also hopefully impacting other people's lives. So it's a win-win for me. It sounds like you are. And one of the things that um, I really took away from it, the whole thing, everything Mm -hmm. was that it was a rebirth. And I think that Mm, for so many, yeah, I just really felt that when I was writing the description for the show and Hmm. I was like, this is really a story of rebirth for so, for you. um, And for a lot of the readers that it's really impacting and that you hear from. And I know from experience going through my own, um, situations, life-changing situations, uh, losing somebody, getting divorced, children moving away to go to college and then living on their own, um, that it's Mm. always a renewal of us, maybe a rebirth of us. And I think it's so important for us to own that, like you were talking about owning that pain, also owning the journey you're going through Yes, because the pain is there to help guide you, don't you think? You know, what's so funny. I'm actually going to pull this up on my phone. You just tapped into something that I saw this quote last night and I screen grabbed it and I almost sent it to you. Mm. Um, and it's, um, Marcus Aurelius, which is, you know, he's like, been a, yeah. he was like born in like, I don't know, 1500, but he said, well, it's true that someone can impede our actions. They can't impede our intentions or our attitudes. And then the quote goes on, but the, what the end of the quote is my favorite. It says, the obstacle on the path should become the way. Meaning the obstacle, we always look at it like, oh my gosh, we got to get over that. We got to get over it. What if we just accepted that for being part of our journey and the obstacle became part of our way instead of fighting against it all the time. And so I've learned to do that a little bit more and I could use some practice, but 
being okay with the obstacles, the heartache, sending the kids to college, all of that. When we keep waiting for that stuff to stop happening, then we wish our life away. I wish things were easier. I wish it was less stressful. But what about accepting all of that stuff and saying, this is just part of my journey, which I think is what Molly did with her cancer. She never was the victim. Never thought, oh my God, would my life be, why do I have cancer? Why me? She was like, how do I accept the obstacles as part of the way for me? And so that's you, something I try to carry. I'm glad you brought up, thank you for sharing that quote. And I'm glad you brought up the victim mentality because we did talk about that. And nothing drives me more crazy than somebody who feels like the martyr or the victim. I just, yeah. <laughs> I feel that, you know, I'll hear it once, but I can't keep hearing it over and over again, the yeah. blaming. And that was something that the blaming, the judgment, that, that wasn't happening in for Molly at all. And I know that you help coach other people um, yeah. through tough times as well. Yeah, and I do. I was just wondering if you've, if there's been sort of um, a theme this past mm. year going through oh, COVID and quarantine and lack of socialization that you feel for yourself and maybe for some other people that you've helped how they own, again, going back to owning that pain, processing the pain, yeah. feeling the power in that pain. How do get, they get through that owning, owning it? How do you yeah. take somebody through that process? Yeah. So I do, I do life coaching and I have, I was very busy during quarantine. I didn't know that I would be, but oh, everybody just needed support and to know that they, you know, weren't alone and what they were going through wasn't, yeah. I mean, every, there was a theme. Everyone's theme was in all of these calls that I had was I should be doing more with my time, but I am so overwhelmed right now that I can't, right. Right. Should be doing there you more. Go. Right, right. Right. There. And it's, it's crazy. Yes. And I kept saying, why? Like you're dealing with trauma right now. Why don't you just process some of the pain that you're in? And then on the other side of that, there might be some productivity, but right now, you can't try to shoehorn in productivity when you're, you'd clearly need to process something. So I gave them permission, all of my clients permission to cut themselves some slack. You don't have to get in the best shape of your life right now. If you choose to, then great, right? right, Hallelujah. Good for you. But if that's not working for you right now, cut yourself a little bit of slack and give yourself the opportunity to feel the pain, to process it. And then what's on the other side of that? That's when you can be productive. But if you try to be productive before you've processed any of that, you're just going to be overwhelmed and then disappointed in yourself. So I really encourage people and myself to be okay exactly where you are. Let yourself sit in that uncomfortable space. And like the crying thing, once it washes over you, then you get it back on the saddle and you try something new. But you can't, you can't do it prematurely because then you'll find yourself back in that hamster wheel of I'm so, I should be doing this, but I'm so unmotivated. Well, let yourself sit in that space for a little while, a little longer than it feels comfortable, you know? Well, and I know I've done that myself where I've just said, okay, just let it, let it go. Jody owning who I am at that moment. And I tell yeah. the same thing to clients and I, you know, tying it back to Molly, she did the same thing and there yeah. was no judgment. And I think that's why she was able to go through that process so freely. I think yeah. we all take a lesson from how she lived her life during those times. We can see that she did die peacefully. Mm. You know, maybe she didn't have everything that she wanted. You have to read the book to find out and listen to the <laughs> podcast. Right. But, um, it's 
it's a lesson to be learned. And I think that's a huge takeaway from the podcast is it's a huge learning process to know that you can't rush things. You can't, you can't put the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready to get into the best shape of your life, but you know, you want to, Mm -hmm. you know what, give yourself some slack because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're not going to get there until you get your mindset to be on the same page. Right. That's so important. Yeah. What you just, that I'm not going to write that down. You, yeah, you got to get your mindset in the right space. And sometimes, you know, it physically, you, like you said, physically, you can work out and have sex and get your endorphins going, the serotonin, but you have to have a serious, like come to Jesus conversation with yourself and say, why am I doing this? Why is this important? What does this mean to be? What is accomplishing this really look like for me? And if you ask yourself those questions, you, then you dig a little deeper and find out the why. And for Molly, she found out her why. And wasn't afraid to go there and be uncomfortable. Right. And she did it through her actions. I know that I usually yeah. suggest people to write down their thoughts. Some people don't yeah. like want, want to be honest with their thoughts. Right. And, right. you know, they write it down. They're like, oof, I don't want to read it. I don't want to <laughs> read know. it. And from, you know, two coaches right here um, with other types of experience as well, uh, it's really important to be honest with ourselves. And I know it starts with us, right? We have to start Always. being honest with ourselves so we could practice what we preach. Yeah. And I think so many people are going through different kinds of emotions right now. And life seems to be me. I, I wanted to ask you about this. Does life seem to be very chaotic for you right now? Yeah. I find that like after the, you know, after everything sort of started to look like it was getting better. Right. I was like, Oh, I felt like the doors burst open. Right. I was like, yeah, yes. But I'm still like inside. I'm like, I'm like peeking my head out going, we, we okay. Like what? what?" Um, so I feel overwhelmed. I feel busy, but I also feel at the same time, like I'm holding myself super accountable for my emotional stuff. Right. Like I'm having lots of conversations with myself. I'm setting intentions for my day. Hey, I may not accomplish those intentions every time, but at least I've got the skeleton of the intention there so that I've got something to kind of hold on to. And um, it's been rough. It's been rough on a lot of people, this post COVID sort of anxiety and stress and where are we and where, how do we recover from what we all went through? And I think collectively, a lot of people are really struggling. So hang in there. If you're struggling, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you're not alone, even though I have like lipstick on and my hair is all curled and life looks good. And I've got projects going on. I'm still sometimes crumbling on the inside. And we, and I, and I we're think all that's, in it. Yeah. And I think that's, what's important for people to understand is that if you could be, you have to have that conversation with yourself. Totally. And like Molly did have that yeah. conversation with yourself. How do you want to live the next two months? How do you want to live yes. the next three months? Where do you see yourself? I know this sounds like such a coaching thing. Where do you see yourself in six months? Yeah. But you really have to have those honest conversations. If you want to go and have sex with lots of people, then go have sex with lots of people. If that's what's going to, if you want to write a book, go write a book, if, if whatever it right. is, but go do it right. and, and give yourself that time to be okay with not doing it until you're ready to do it. Yeah. Because this is a, for me, you know, when there's judgment, then there's, then we stop doing what we're doing. Oh, hundred percent. Right. So, yeah. 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 I agree and, with you. That's great advice actually. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's just, when I was thinking about you publishing the book and fearing, oh my goodness, I've never done this. How do I do it? What am I going to do? And a lot of people might've frozen like 
and not done anything. But I think right. you, ha- again, you, you talked about Molly guiding you yeah. and you knew you couldn't let her down. Totally. And also being present to what I was thinking and feeling, giving myself space for that and then moving on. Right. And then moving forward. Right. And so as we speak about all of this, you know, when I reached out to you a year ago, less than a mm-hmm. year ago about the show, about the podcast, and I felt that you and Molly were just so fearless. And again, I didn't know if Molly was still alive at the time. Right. And, but now I think that you are even more fearless. Ah! Everything that you've done and everything, like I want to cry because I feel like oh. I've gotten to know you so well at a limited way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That, you know, do you feel like you've gotten stronger in the past year because of the things that you've done? Yes. Yes. I feel, not to sound cheesy, but I feel more whole because that's mm. the name of Molly's book, Becoming Whole. I feel more whole. Um, and that makes me feel stronger and grounded. So, yeah. And being on this show is just such a gift. And I, I just am so grateful because anytime I get to talk about her and what I've gone through with her and how I'm still living, you know, with telling her story, it brings me back to my center and makes me feel more whole. So that's, this has been really, really nice. Well, I have one last question for you and I I appreciate that. What does living a fearlessly authentic life mean to you? (laughs) Okay. First thing that comes to mind is, um, the dialogue that we have in our heads, the way we talk to ourselves is sometimes super damaging those negative thoughts. Right. So I think fearlessness is hearing those thoughts and then saying, Hey, you're not invited to the party, right? I I hear you, but you're not coming in and pushing forward and literally like knocking that fear out of the way, like, like just barreling through it and doing what scares you. And then being able to sit back and look and go, Oh my gosh, I did that. I love that. I did that. So being really mindful of each step along the way, seeing the fear, knocking it out of the way, pushing through, and then kind of looking back and writing that stuff down because a year from now, you're going to look back at your journal or a piece of paper and you're going to go, oh yeah, I did that. And so don't forget that stuff. So to me, that's being authentic and fearless and also accountable at the same time. I love that. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much, Nikki. Um, Please leave. Tell everybody what how they can listen to the podcast. Okay. So you can go to wherever you find your podcast. You can find Dying for Sex or, or you can go to dyingforsexpodcast.com. And you can always follow me on all social media handles at Nikki Boyer, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-Y-E-R. And I promise I'll respond because I'm, I'm weird like that. <laughs> no, you're really, really good at that. Um, Nikki, thank you so, so much. Thanks, I adore you. You are Mwah. amazing. Love you, love you, love you. Thank love you, you too. so much. Thanks for having me. Yes. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.